I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is brought to you by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a podcast analytics platform that enables podcasters to see all the relevant data they need to know about their podcast's audience. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the referral code Wrestling to X Pod. Again, the code Wrestling to X Pod. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, aka Austin Creed. I said, give me the hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zane. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is TJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to Stan, Ro, Chino, and Camos on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are listening and watching the... Or you're watching and listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C. At your service, Ro Moran and Chino Liao. Also joining me on the call for tonight. Uh, sobrang delayed ng feed on my end. Um, I'm really gonna try my best to figure this out because internet has been non-existent in my household for the past eight hours and counting. So I'm subsisting on mobile data and however uh, crappy it is right now. But I am not going to be uh, screaming at the clouds and asking for a direct line to Bethlehem. That is not how I do things. So I will try to figure this out while uh, Ro and Chino basically hold down the fort for the next few minutes all right all right so yeah uh hello everyone good to see y'all tonight uh it's been quite a quiet week in wrestling over the past few days but uh, we'll get through it we'll get through it so one of the biggest uh things that has happened over the past oh, it was yesterday was that sasha banks is now your raw women's champion that means uh, Bailey and Sasha are now all the women's champions on w- in WWE in, in all the rosters, uh, except for NXT, I guess. They are, they are a female two-man power trip or two-woman two power trip. Two-woman power trip. You have to qualify that. Female, no, two female two-man. Female <laughs> two-man power trip. Yes, I said that. Yeah. So uh, we kind of... Uh, uh, we didn't know that they were going to pull the trigger. For me, uh, I didn't think this was necessary, as I said last week. I thought that it was quite lazy of them to uh, give all the SmackDown and Raw Women's Championships to two women, even though they're building up, you know, that uh, they're building up that best friends angle, which they're eventually going to take down. Uh, sometime down the line. I don't know if it's going to make it in time for SummerSlam. But, you know, it kind of exposes how shallow the the women's division is on all the rosters except for NXT. What do you think, Gina? Yes. No, I agree. Um, it's super lazy 
super unnecessary because it emphasizes that the women's roster basically only has two of the four horse women. Now, I'm not saying you should build your entire female line up on just these four women alone. Uh, but at the same time, you can see how much uh, creative or booking or whoever's in charge misses having Charlotte on there, Becky Lynch on there, just to even things out on both sides. So now what ends up happening is people who are lower on the totem pole in the women's division don't get as much of the rub as they should because, you know, you still have amazing talent there. You still have people like Dana Brooke. You still have people like Liv Morgan who lost her who lost her build now all of a sudden because now everything's on Sasha and uh, and Bailey. And I feel like if it only veers us further away from the impending breakup, I feel like they should didn't need the titles because it's now farther for me to see how they're actually going to break up. Yeah, I think uh, on that note, I think na delay lang talaga yung mara. I think everyone leaving Becky had uh, ended on uh, Becky getting pregnant. Sorry, Charlotte having to take time off for health reasons. I think those two things definitely. Uh, Put a damper on what was supposed to be Sasha and Bailey's breakup angle. Uh, I think that was originally the plan, but now mm-hmm. that there there's no choice but for them to be the top women on both brands, uh, I think they're at this stage where they're rebuilding uh, these two as the women to beat, and then eventually uh, uh, these uh, so the women on the rosters. Are going to take them take them down eventually, someday. Maybe one of them might be Shayna Baszler, right? I think Shayna Baszler is uh, apparently more uh, distru- dominant looking than Sasha Banks on Raw, right? Uh, on SmackDown, now I just can't tell who is going to take that out. Probably really? Alexa Bliss or Nikki Cross. Uh, it's going to take some time. I think uh, they're just building up to SummerSlam. Then it's just that we can't see it now. Because they're, they're focusing too much on these two. Yeah, yun pa. They, we actually don't even see Shayna Baszler on TV anymore. No, so, she's back. She's back. She returned. Oh, is she back? Okay, I haven't seen her all. Yeah, she's, yeah back. she's back on TV. She returned. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Stan, you're, uh, you're right on time for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're right on time for that. That's good news. Yung tawa hindi. No, no, no. Okay, no. Okay, no. Mas okay kasi kanina. Take that over 10 second lags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Mayor says Sasha's now the Raw Women's Champ, Bailey SmackDown Women's Champ, while Women's Tag Team Champ is the two of them. This reminds me of So Called Triple H way back in 2001. Yeah, we mentioned that these two are now the two woman power trip. Uh, who do you guys want to see take the off of them? If anyone would like to chime yeah, in question. with their opinion. I'm gonna start, and anyway. I'll say I'll say Nikki Cross. I felt like she put out a good showing against Bailey, and I also see her as an underdog, underdog rather of sorts. Uh, it's she's not the most traditional female 
out there, you know, she's she's in fact a little unhinged uh, in, in terms of female characters, which is something that uh, the WWE hasn't portrayed as well in the past with guys like, uh, with women rather, like Luna Vachon and and all. But I really want to see Nikki Cross go places. I feel like out of the four members of Sanity, she has the only shot at actually making a name for herself. So I'm, I'm rooting for her. Dan, what about you? Who do you want to see him take off? Take the championship off? Oof. If it's people are, the... Yeah, people are, <laughs> Wait, I think he's about to speak. Wait. Okay. No, I just haven't been saying anything. Uh, I was waiting for Chino to finish, so I, I, I guess uh, he's done with his, his point. Um, on my... I and I just want a strong baby face to win. Cause I can see naman yung story that they're trying to pull here. Now they're trying to make Sasha and Bailey as insufferable and as annoying as possible. And the only real payoff there is to build a baby face that can eventually stand up to them. And take the titles off them for that thunderous reaction, uh, with or without a crowd, right? So um I guess Nikki Cross would be a good candidate for SmackDown. For Roddy, ko alam eh, parang parang walang uh, strong babyface other than Asuka now that Kyrie Sane is gone. But she uh, officially said farewell on social media this week, and Bailey taking her out backstage during the Asuka Sasha match was basically their way of writing her out. Other than Asuka, I don't really see anyone who's strong enough uh, to rival her. So I don't really know. Uh, I'd rather I'd rather see uh, Shayna Baszler go Brock Lesnar on the Raw Women's uh, Championship. Uh, you know how Brock Lesnar uh, destroyed John Cena a couple of year, uh, a few years back, right? So I think that would be the best way to re-legitimize uh, Shayna Baszler after taking some time off TV. Okay, Jackie brings up one interesting point that I think we should also touch on because uh, we forgot to go over this on our uh, pre our pre-prod. Uh, discussion right so naomi is a good point to uh possibly bring down uh bailey on on smackdown i say she's been getting some groundswell support on social media with the hashtag naomi he deserves better i this real quick because uh booker t has gone on record to say that people don't deserve shots or opportunities just because you know people on social media say so and make a hashtag but I think that by the mere fact gets a hashtag and gets that much support uh, is uh, is a testament of how over she really is, even though she hasn't been able to do much because she hasn't been given that many opportunities. So I think it, when we all get down to it, isn't the whole point of wrestling to get over with the audience so that the audience wants to see more of you? So if the audience wants to see more of Naomi, why not give the people Naomi? Especially now that you have a lot of uh, champions of color. Yeah, no, I totally uh, agree with your point. However, I also can't help but uh, I have my smart glasses on and I can't help but see this as work from Booker D as somebody who starts trying to get somebody like Naomi over by putting her down. By, by making her 
by by telling her these things, by belittling her ability, because at the same time, it also makes Naomi a legitimate underdog when it comes down to uh, everything. So when they when she ends up facing whoever for the title, I can't help but see this as a great underdog angle. Okay. Stan, do you have anything to say about this? Stan actually left because... Oh, okay. There we go. He's back. He's back. He's yeah, back. I'm back. Okay. Uh, my thoughts on this are... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really conflicted about what Booker T has to say. Because, yeah, uh, maybe there is merit to what Chino said na, oh, it, it could be a work. Na Booker T is playing a, a heel, pero he's not officially in any capacity with WWE at the moment. So what's the point of doing that on social media? I would rather he do it on official WWE programming for me to accept that as a work. If you're going to do that on social media, I'm going to assume that you're doing it as yourself, as Booker T. Huffman. So I yeah. think it's not, it doesn't really help. It doesn't help. Uh, it, and especially from a fellow person of color. I don't want to make it about politics or anything, but it's clearly about politics. No, uh, no, wait. You know, hold on, hold on. Hold, wait, wait. I feel like, okay. It's not about, if you end up using the thing uh, to build your character on, then it's definitely helpful for Naomi in the end because I feel like I can, and I can see this, and this might be fantasy booking on my end, but I can see her talking about how people underestimated her, about how people like Booker T counted her out, but how she felt that she was just building off steam from social media. It definitely isn't something to be... Um, it isn't some. It isn't something to be overlooked as work because it's there. The building blocks are there, and, and it's enough for Naomi to cling onto. I I agree that the building blocks are there, but this is WWE we're talking about, and WWE has always been very traditional in its storytelling. they they really go out of their way to step outside of the box. The very few times that they have in terms of their storytelling is because they've been painted in a corner where they had to step out of the box or where they had to listen to what fans are saying. Daniel Bryan is the best example here. Now, they only really pushed him to the moon and put him in the main event of WrestleMania because the, the groundswell was so unavoidable and you, can't, you couldn't neglect it anymore. So with Naomi, I think um, if you really want to support her, you have to get her to that point. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sana nga, ano, they put in more political will behind her. But I think this is the right opportun- opportunity to get that going. Because uh, it was organic. It wasn't manufactured by anyone at all other than people who saw Naomi on TV and saw and, and thought that she was pretty cool. Call her this, this uh, African-American woman was uh, supremely talented, uh, is uh, catchy, is one hell of a personality so if they miss out on that then it's gonna be something uh, they might regret i would say are you a big sports fan if so make sure to listen to off the record with me mix bustos together we'll get up close and personal with the biggest names in the sports industry check it out after listening to this episode off the record is available on spotify Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms thanks to Podcast Network Asia. Catch you guys on my show. Uh, let's get to this question from JK who asks, what are your thoughts on SummerSlam possibly not taking place at the Performance Center? Um, not a good idea. 
really quickly right, so, not a good idea. So I'm I'm reading rumors now. Uh, the rumor is that somebody pitched in WWE that they could possibly hold SummerSlam on a boat. Yeah. Okay. As in they they were are looking for unconventional venues for SummerSlam, and one of the ideas pitched was a cruise ship. Because nobody in the restaurant has done that, right? <laughs> ever heard of the the cruise of Jericho, right? Right. <laughs> Whatever he calls it. Whatever he calls it. Cruise of remember, Jericho. The Jericho cruise. Remember, remember somebody uh, the last time somebody went on a cruise during COVID nineteen when they got back they can't get back to land because they they had to be quarantined on the cruise. Yeah. So I don't think. I don't think that's a good idea at all if you want to, to keep putting on shows. <laughs> uh, it's interesting, definitely, because uh, it's not going to be in the Performance Center, if ever. But I don't think uh, <laughs> it's not going to be a smart idea. But uh, nothing is locked in stone. So I, yeah, would still, I would still foresee SummerSlam being in the Performance Center. Yeah, let this be one of those uh, rumor mill predictions or just, you know, grapevine things that people just throw out there. Please don't let this be reality because things in the WWE are bad enough as it is. We, again, we're back to the same argument. COVID-19 is bad and they're not taking it seriously. And we're, we keep going back to this point. It's a dead horse right now and we're still killing it. Why? Come on, guys. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Sovereign weird, yeah. Anything else you guys want to say about SummerSlam on a boat? Let's transition to talking about the Hurt Business. Right, right, right. So the Hurt Business is MVP's new stable. That's what they're calling it. Uh, if you if you think the name is kind of weird, it's just because they want to, you want it to sound like they're Sorry, getting in the like business. I'm, I'm gonna refresh yeah, yeah. this thing. Yeah, yeah. Go, go. <laughs> So these three guys are in the Hurt Business. Uh, uh, on isn't on it yet. I don't know if he ever will, considering the rumors that said that he might have been turning heel after he won the U.S. Championship. I think oh, that was the real. Sorry, you caught Sorry? out. You, did you say Apollo? Did you say you caught yeah, out? Yeah, I said Apollo Cruz. Yeah. Okay, Apollo. Apollo Cruz. Uh, he was supposed to be in it, but I think they. That that plan got derailed because he had to, you know, he had to get sidelined because of COVID nineteen, right? So I think the whole Shelton Benjamin joining uh, their way of making up for it. So it's an interesting stable. Uh, definitely, we're in uh, a raw that is dominated by factions. Parataya in JPW here, it's like uh, Attitude Era raw, but. Uh, swirling around the Hurt business was that they were kind of planning, and there are rumors that they were planning to build it as some sort of 2020 Nation of Domination. So, if uh, for the kids who don't know what the Nation of Domination is, Chino, do you want to explain the Nation of Domination? Okay, so the, the, Nation of Domi- the Nation of Domination was an African American stable that grew, that grew in prominence. Around the time of the Attitude Era, a little before, I could say, um, and their founding members were Farouk, Ron Simmons. Um, you also had Bilo Brown on there, one of the first members. You yeah. have, and you can Google these guys. Mark Henry, 
Hall of Famer Mark Kennedy was one of the first members of the Nation of Domination, as well as the godfather, uh, Kamen Mustafa, as he was known, and a little unknown indie talent by the name of The Rock. He also got <laughs> to start. This, this guy you might have heard of. He's, he's yeah, some, some, dude named, some dude named Dwayne got his start <laughs> in the Nation of Domination. So you can... You can see why the WWE wanted to go back to this um, cash cow. In fact, there were rumors before that before the New Day became the actual New Day. They talked about this on their podcast, too. Before the New Day was the actual New Day, they were sort of trying to be the quote-unquote new nation of domination, right? Which isn't really the thing now if you think about the New Day and how aggressive the branding of nation of domination was. But, I mean... I can totally understand why they want to keep going back to that. I don't put it below WWE at all. But of course, the rumors are saying that it's being uh, pushed back right now because there are racial tensions in the U.S. Yeah. It's going to be highly insensitive and tone deaf if they go to that, uh, even if it's BLM, right? Uh, you know, putting together uh, a group of uh, African American wrestlers, and then they end up being heels. But that's not a. It's not it's exactly. Right. A good look yeah, especially right if they, especially if they become militant and they become aggressive, right? I can totally see wh- why it would be a bad idea. However, I'm not. I'm not totally against the idea of the hurt business. In fact, I like the name. I like the name. Yeah, the I like the hurt business. I like. I like it. Anasha, uh, it sounds a little off, but. Once you keep saying it, it sounds cool. Um, what am I, what was I gonna say? Uh, the whole the whole nation of domination business doesn't have to be that way. Because uh, what they were doing with some African American wrestlers by having them speak out on their own terms in their own little way, like Keith Lee uh, rocking a BLM uh, jacket and uh, the, the new day, yeah. the new day taking the knee. That's that's okay. That's totally okay. That is the way they should. Should go uh, in those uh, wrestlers of color. Are you understand? All right. Are you, okay. Is that better? I'm, I'm gonna try my phone. Oh, I'm gonna try my phone. Is this <laughs> better? Right. My lagba. I think this is oh. better. I think this is better. Better on your phone. Perfect. Yes. Better. Yeah. All right. Just, Great. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but can you um, landscape your video? Pwede naman. Uh, uh, let me try. Kung kaya ng landscape. Sige lang. <laughs> no, we're waiting for you. Sino producer ka naba? No, well, man, like, you're to give your take on, on the on the hurt business and the nation of domination. Ah, I love the wait. hurt business, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I love the hurt business. I think that it's a great idea to have another heel faction. You know, I think it's obvious that I'm very partial towards heel factions for obvious reasons, and I think that, uh, I, I think that. Um, the more factions you have there, the more spots and airtime you can give to underutilized players. Shelton Benjamin being a very good example of that. Plus, if you have a heel faction, you need the babyface faction, which means you can give mm. more airtime to other guys like the returning Mustafa Ali. So uh, I think people win all around with uh, with acts like the Hurt Business and uh, Ricochet and Friends. So yeah, um, lang na parang if if there's the subtext na the Hurt Business. Is a group full of people of color and they're bad. So, meron siyang, alam yun, like th- there's that subtext. You know, I ayo But other than that, if we can get beyond that, like if they can establish now, uh, 
hindi yung argument na we are bad because we are people of color, but rather we do bad things, therefore we are bad. If they can establish yeah. that, then I think we'll be in a good place. No, that's what they're doing, man. Canada, they're holding off the, of of making it uh, a black power angle because if 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 the hurt business is still healed, and that's not gonna end up looking good for any of them, other guy. But I'm actually now that you mentioned it, I almost forgot to mention. Just call them my tears ricochet for now. Uh, I like the idea that they're they're getting TV time by opposing the hurt business, and that. Uh, the Hurt Business uh, has, uh, they possess uh, two of the mid-card championships on Raw. Raw is getting some good mid-card stories right now, and I'm all for it. I inspire the mid-card mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting because MVP was a part of that, right? Yeah. You mean event mafia no, no, in no, uh, TNA? Yeah. They, they were called the Beatdown Clan. That was a Beatdown Clan. Okay, okay, there we go. I confused my uh, TNA stables. Yeah. They have a name for Ricochet and Friends. It's, I know, they, I know. They have a name. I can't wait. <laughs> what is it? They have, no, they don't have a name. No, no. Because they were with Mustafa Ali last week. So, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander's team are called the Two Fly Crew. There we go. Ah, okay. But I, I don't like know. Like I three. don't know. Because uh, two, as in the number two, pero dal tatlo na sila. I don't know. Are they the three flight crew now? I don't know. We don't know. Pwede, pwede. What happens in Pangalan? So we'll just have to. Our truth, our truth better give that better give that stable his blessing. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else do we have on the docket for tonight? Um, we got to talk about New Japan since we already alluded to them earlier, diba? With the, with the whole faction. Um, emergence of factions uh, main roster. Uh, I was watching New Japan over the weekend because they had a show, and I I even went out of the way out of my way to catch Young, Young Lions Collision or or whatever that uh, US based show is called. Lions so like, Collision. Uh, yeah, Lions Collision. There. So I'm I'm enjoying New Japan and I'm enjoying this idea from Okada where he wants to uh, introduce a new championship called KOPW in King of Pro Wrestling. So the way it it, it works is. You've got eight guys who will be facing off against each other one on one. Tapos one guy brings his own stipulation to the table. So kunwari, uh, uh, kunwari ako, yung stipulation ko, ladder match, Chino stipulation niya, uh, tables match. And then the fans get to choose which stipulation that'll be. And then the, the four winners will face off against each other in a four way match to determine the interim champion who has to keep defending that until the end of the year. So I think it's good because uh, for one, there's more. Uh, there are more prizes to fight up, fight over. You have Evo, who's got three championships right now, basically. Or if 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 he's not um, considering himself never six man anymore, the heavyweight and the intercontinental belts, and that's uh, that. That means there's less stories for people. So if you have another championship there, that's another thing for people to to fight over. I think it's a great idea. I agree. I agree. So, uh, so well, I, no, actually, I think they're doing this because of the U.S. championship. Which is with John Moxley isn't here, so they need another championship to fight over. And I guess as long as you set down the rules and make it make sense, which it does, the man, you have a good yep. championship. So because we don't know when we're gonna get the IWGP US Championship back. And I like how New Japan is veering into um, stipulation territory. There, I've I. I have a short history with New Japan, but I never 
known them to do a lot of table matches or ladder matches. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I've never seen a lot of table matches or ladder matches in terms of New Japan uh, shows. So I like how they're willing to veer into a little bit more of the Western style of wrestling, I should say. Uh, it gives them a lot more room to expand their market to people who are looking for that kind of wrestling. You know, there are fans who want ta- people to go through tables. You know, why? Uh, we don't know. People have problems. But <laughs> to see to see that they're willing to do that to expand their market, it, it's really super interesting. And when things normalize again, when they get the U.S. title back, this will be another avenue for them to expand uh, West Side, West right. I agree, I agree. So there, uh, okay. let us know your thoughts on the KOPW Championship or the King of Pro Wrestling Championship. Um, so I think I'm going to have to ask Ro and Tina to check the chat for like greetings or whatever because uh, when you're on mobile, apparently, you can't see that. So yeah, yeah. You have to help Our guest is actually backstage already, Stan. So you, you can play him in. All right, perfect. Our guest is backstage, so let's give him a proper introduction. Uh, he is a man who wears many hats because he is a radio DJ, a TV host, an events host. Uh, he is also somebody you may remember watching in MTV Philippines uh, in the 2000s, because I remember watching him in MTV Philippines. Also, uh, he al- so- also, he is somebody I remember. I don't know if Stan remembers, but I remember <laughs> watching in Survivor Philippines. Yeah, um, I... I I actually sent him a message about that. Uh, he is part of the Day 38 Club, meaning you last person voted out before the final tribal council. So right. if you're a Survivor fan, uh, that that's a pretty rare club to be in. And he is a heel in PWR after he appeared uh, at Revolution X 2016. Let's bring uh, let's bring on my favorite frenemy, Casey Montero. Welcome to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. What's up, bitches? What is up, Casey? <laughs> How you guys What's doing? Up, We've been excited to have you on, man. Hey, man, I'm <laughs> glad you switched over to iPhone to your phone because whatever setup you had earlier was horrible. I know, I know. Sorry, man. <laughs> Where were you uh, in the? Is it bathroom? We're using like Vista. What was that? I am in a corner in my parents' basement where the internet is horrible. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay. Basement dweller, <laughs> Oh, basement dweller, huh? Uh, so yeah, um, you're, you're seeing the background on Casey, and that's him face to face with Cesaro. And Cesaro is no small dude. He's uh, he's legit six foot four, which makes Casey legit six foot four as well. Uh, I was I was wearing my I was wearing my uh, my Crocs. I was a little bit higher on that time, but I was about <laughs> the same. You know, it's funny when I did the um, the PWR thing with you guys. Everyone was yelling his name at me, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Sorry, am I allowed to say whatever I want? No, because yeah, we're on you're Kumu. Kumu. <laughs> you're on Kumu, so I don't know. Oh, I can say whatever I want. <laughs> I can say whatever I want. I'm getting messages right now from the Kumu police. Oi, Sir Casey, Bawalian. Okay, so I will just clean it up a bit. Yeah, so they were all saying uh, I look like this guy. So it's either this guy or uh, some porn star. Um, so I was wondering, who is this? What's his name? I, they, Johnny, Johnny Sins. Yes, God. Every single day I'll be hosting Quiz Mojo and they're like, Johnny Sins. I'm like, ha, 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 bastos. 
Um, so, so they were calling, like they were saying, I look like that guy. And I was like, I, I hadn't, I didn't, I wasn't even familiar with him. So then when we uh, got to interview him, I was like, ah, I get it. So I made this video. I don't know if I could share, if you guys are going to share the screen or something, I could probably show. Yeah, why not? Go, go right ahead. Okay, okay. Can we share your screen? <laughs> yeah. I, I, let's see. Uh, Ooh, I don't even know how to do this. Anyways, talk amongst yourself as I figure this one out. <laughs> Yeah, so oh, uh, while Casey tries to figure that out, uh, let's say what's up to the people over at Kumu and in the live chat. So we've got share screen. All right, let, let's have it. Okay, I don't know if you, you probably won't be able to hear it, but so this is us. We're having a face to face. It was really <laughs> awkward. I was telling him, you're a handsome, handsome man. And he was saying, he, he didn't say anything back to me, but I know he felt it. So we. <laughs> To become one, Anissa. <laughs> All right, that's nice. Oh wait, let's. While we're here, why don't we go ahead and um, show this? Yes. Yeah. That blur. Oh, you're still you're wearing the same shirt. No, no, no. Ibang shirt naman. Ibang shirt naman. I don't know. Okay, so <laughs> let's take a look. Let's take a look. Do do do. A little bit of a uh, long hair there, so some jealousy. I was, <laughs> I was pissed drunk during this time, by the way. Just to let you guys know. Here comes yeah, Stan. I remember, oh, I knew. I remember okay. that. I remember you telling me that, like you, you guys wanted to hype yourself up, so you started drinking at four. Or <laughs> I didn't show the hit yet. Hang on, hang on. Go back to. So, so okay. This is when this is the this is the hit. I, I'm sure I'm preempting all of your questions, but. Uh, <laughs> So Stan was like, you're going to hit me. Um, and I go, I, okay, I, I don't, I'm going to hit you. Let's, let's just go with this. And he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So I decked him. Here it is. Oh, wham. And it, it, I, yeah, no, I have another, I have another view that you can see, but like, I didn't get him the way I should have like this. I'm pretty sure I did the, <laughs> what no oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, no one's supposed to do that. And I got him with the, the palm of my hand. And so, and I, you know, I get really hit him. So um, as he was going down, like I got kicked in the face right after that. But as I was laying down on the ground, I was looking over him. I was like, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> I think I broke your glasses. No, I didn't break my glasses. Better. You did knock me out for like a good second over there. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, there was there was one of the young boys who actually was checking on me to see if I would have come through. So you know, you go like six years involved with PWR. I was only knocked out once, and that was thanks to you for <laughs> one second. And not a, uh, so there. Here's the here's a so this is a, a full on swing. Yeah. Oh Ooh. yeah, you can see my hand wrapped around the back of his head because yeah. I totally missed his face. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you remember this, but after you got kicked in the face, so you fell off the apron, right? And you actually landed on my ankle. So my head, my jaw were fine, but your ankle was actually injured after that. Oh, so, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, I also my worst to, I injuries also... in wrestling were there's all one courtesy worth... of Casey yeah. Montero. Well, there's one thing I also did to you at the very end, and I didn't mean to do it. Like, I dropped the mic. Did it, did it, no, it, yeah, I think it landed right on you. I dropped the mic because <laughs> I was one of those moments. Like, yeah, that's right. And I dropped the mic, and it like landed on your chest or something. I'm like, those mics are not light, and it hit you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, sell it. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. 
Okay. There you go. See, all this time, I thought it was just a punch. That was an iconic moment. That was an iconic moment. Yeah, and I was, I was like, you guys are really professional there because I was yeah. trying to make everybody drink with me and nobody wanted to because I was like, I'm, I'm the wrestler. I got in I'm, the face. I'm Mickey Rourke. Like, I'm going for it. Like, I'm going <laughs> WWF, okay? Not E. I'm going back, back days. Like, real just wild i'm trying to like because i'm that old right because i'm as old as hulk hogan so like i well i'm not as old as him but like i want to live in those times so i was like come on guys let's drink let's drink and everyone's like this is a professional thing that we're doing here and i'm like i don't get it let's drink so i drank a whole bottle of jim Beam by myself and forgot what i was doing it was a great time though Right. Okay, let's backtrack. Let's start from there because um, that's always a fun story to tell and we never really got to tell everything on the podcast. Yes. So let's uh, talk about you getting involved um, with PWR. I think it was Rohit uh, Tarani, the former director of programming from Fox, who first pitched the idea. Now, what if there was a crossover between Fox and PWR? And then I'm not sure if it was you or Rohit who brought up the idea and I said, yeah, let's get Casey involved. How, how did you feel when your name was suddenly thrown into the mix? Um, well, so yeah, we were doing Fox the Goat, um, and you guys were doing your show. So like, I, I think it was just, uh, the natural thing to do for shows to cross promote. And so uh, we're a sports show, you're a, a, a sports show. So, you know, put us together. And I've been a big fan growing up with wrestling, um, in the States. Like, so like to, to, obviously I, I didn't follow it as much as, uh, like in the recent, you know, maybe five or six years, but, um, being like, hey, can you can you do this wrestling show? Maybe we'll throw you in the ring. And I was like, this is like a little boy's dream coming true. So yes, let's do it. It was it was it was it was really cool. Plus, I was like super like yoked and very big at that time. So I was like, I want to throw stuff. <laughs> it happened to be Stan. <laughs> Stan, you there? <laughs> what happened to Stan? Oh my gosh! I'm oh go my god! Through the, the internet, throw him again. Real, guys. The lag is real. <laughs> the lag is real. Stan, Stan needs to do that thing, like uh, you know, you got to go since he's on his cell phone, he has to like <laughs> ah, 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 go yeah. look for a signal. Uh, you're legit. What? Yeah, yeah he's, almost he's, worked. So I'll, uh, I guess I'll ask the question. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not in here. So you said that you were a fan of wrestling back when you were growing up, Bob. Can you name some of your favorites from back then? Do you still remember? Oh my gosh, it, it's it's the classics, right? So you know, I mean, and I and I used to go to matches often. Like my dad would bring me to matches. Like he would bring me to to WWF matches, and then he'd bring me to to watch Bigfoot, like monster truck stuff. So <laughs> like we're it was the whole cycle. So it was Hulk Hogan, it was Andre, it was Iron Sheik, it was George Animal Steel, it was the Junkyard Dog, it was Coco Beware, it was like the legends of wrestling. It was it was uh, Nikolai Volkov, it was. Uh, Jimmy, uh, what's his name? The Flying Burrito. It was um, was that Snuka or Santa or Jimmy? Jimmy Snuka. Snuka. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, man. Mankind was. He's been. He seems like he's been around forever as someone. Um, whether it's Mick, mankind, or whoever, whoever else he's going. You know, when he he came to the Philippines, I interviewed him um, for MTV, and I interviewed him, but I didn't talk to him. 
I, I was a puppet and <laughs> I interviewed Sako. So it, it was literally me and him and just talking puppets. And I never acknowledged him at all. And I wasn't there either. So it was just my puppet and his Sako. We were just talking. So yeah, the, all the classics are, are my favorite. Um, and then I guess you would move to, I liked uh, WCW as well. I liked um, when Sting was there. Um, I like the Four Horsemen. I like Lex Luger. Um, all those guys. I, I even like Glow. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah, nobody else knows what Glow like Kumu. Actually, the people on Kumu are like, "Ano pa tong wrestling?" We get uh, we get great feedback from the guys uh, uh, who listen to us on Kumu. Uh, some of the guys from our regular Facebook page have figured out how to get to us on Kumu and a lot of us are wondering you know a lot of us wonder if you still keep up with wrestling now as an adult professional um I can't say that I really do um because well one I don't have TV and like you I would usually just watch it on whatever channel it was playing and so like yeah I haven't been able to to keep up so like Right now, you would probably name a whole bunch of people. I didn't even know this guy. (laughs) But I knew who he was with. He was with uh, the big show. So, like, those guys I know. um, I wouldn't know who's who's the champion right now or even what it's called. (laughs) Yeah. Keep changing the names of those, too. (laughs) I mean, there's you guys were talking about the – was it Kings of whatever? Like – King of Pro Wrestling. It sounds so great. That's in, that's in Japan. That's in that's Japan. In Japan. Yes. What country is the most into wrestling? Is it Japan? Uh, that's a good question. I think you can't uh, really quantify it because each, uh, like a lot of the wrestling countries have their own culture. So U.S. definitely has its own since it all started there. And Japan is really into wrestling on their own right. Like they treat it as a legit sport over there. So I, it's hard to say. For sure, and then Europe as a region also has its own thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't forget Mexico. Yeah, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Are you in there? is back. It's, it's different. Um, it's different styles of wrestling, I should say, uh, going on in different parts of the world. So there really isn't one unique mecca for for wrestling. I feel that Japan, though, like as as the Japanese culture, they they've done it like with so much respect like right and, and like in america you could have like jake the snake roberts wrestling for crack in a silo like that really happened <laughs> <laughs> you won't find that in japan or, or wrestling for half a bottle of vodka right right and a slice of pizza or something and i, and I feel that like tr- trump's america has made it worse yikes What's up, boomers? My name is Angelo, and I'm bringing you the podcast that no one asked for and that no one wants, Usapan Retro. Here at Usapan Retro, we cover all the retro news from video games, anime, comic books, manga, toys, and other otaku news from the Philippines. Please check out our live streams live on the Kumu app every Saturday at 5 p.m. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look up Usapan Retro. I would say go check out our TikTok, but you know what? Boomers don't TikTok. Who's up on Retro? We out.
I remember when we were first talking about. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you were in in those meetings at Fox, uh, talking about you getting involved with PWR. You mentioned that you got into amateur wrestling in in school. So were you one of those kids that? Oh yeah, I love wrestling growing up. Let me get into amateur wrestling. Maybe to get me in the doors, uh, pro wrestling. Um, I actually got into uh, wrestling in high school and uh, into college um, as a as a sport because it's an Olympic sport. So that's the wrestling that I was doing. And my dad was really good as a wrestler. So we got into wrestling at, shoot, four, five years old. We started wrestling already. And um, this is for discipline because uh, our schools were known as wrestling powerhouses and our region is a powerhouse when it comes to collegiate wrestling and um, I guess semi um, uh, with the Olympics as well. Like we have a lot of good talents coming from our region. So I think it was a, initially it was like a dad's dream to like have his kids follow in his footsteps. And then it was also because it was like boot camp. Like there was a real legit, you know, you have five-year-olds doing push-ups and running laps and saying, yes, sir. Wow. And getting, you know, and, and learning, um, really learning how to be strong. And, um, it, it was a, it, if, if I have a kid, I'm going to, I'm going to do that as well. It, um, so I was actually wrestling before I watched wrestling. I, I wasn't even allowed to watch TV because I was so small. And then, um, and then I started to watch wrestling. And then I started to emulate what I was watching in the, in the, <laughs> on TV in a real match, which you cannot do. <laughs> you cannot throw punches or drop legs on someone. Uh, you can't look for a turnbuckle to jump off of. Like that's highly looked down upon in uh, wrestling in school. Um, so then I, I figured out I can't do that, but I continue to wrestle. Um, I never ever in my life thought that I would actually be in a ring, like running around with you guys. It was so cool. Wait, I got a question. I got a question. Uh, you mentioned that you and your dad were, were amateur wrestlers, and then you also mentioned that your dad took you to wrestling shows. So that means that your dad didn't really look down on pro wrestling despite being an amateur wrestler? No, no, no. I mean, uh, I, I think because he was also uh, older, and then wrestling at that time was still uh, quite a bloody sport. Like, it, <laughs> I mean, WWE... F at that time, like I'm sh pretty sure, and he was, I don't know, he was probably in his 20s, his 30s as well. So like he could enjoy that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's not tough now, but I think that during the early 80s, it was a different thing compared to what it is now. I mean, right. like re really just breaking bones, like real grudges. It wasn't so much of a business. It was probably more of a real fight. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I think yeah. he could respect that. And he was like, yeah, son, let's go watch this. And plus, he, he would drink a lot of beer, and it was fun. It was just a man's <laughs> thing. Like I said, we'd go watch a monster truck show after that. <laughs> My so mom you, never uh, so, so we had those meetings, right? And we would talk about, all right, this is what the story is going to be. Uh, we're going to be invading the goat, and then we're going to be uh, doing this little uh, little segment, which would lead to the match. Um, what what did you feel about being cast as the villain? Because I, I know you played villains on on telenovelas before and after that. So like, uh, what what was that like for you? I've always I've it's weird. They they keep casting me as a villain, but like I got this such baby face, right? 
<laughs> do, do I look mean? No, but I think because uh, how how tall I am and uh, how you know big I was at the time, like physically, they would just kind of cast me in, in that role. And maybe because I'm like Desoy, so they're like, ah, he's got to be a jerk, so you know, make him that guy. So, like being cast in television shows as the bad guy, though it's it's weird, um, and I don't really understand it so much. I do them, but being cast as the heel in wrestling, I was like, this is awesome. Like you get to be as, as rude as like, and not get in trouble for it. And it's not like I, I wasn't, I wasn't constricted by a, a script. Um, I could speak in whatever I, I, I didn't even have to speak words. I could have just screamed and just done things <laughs> like I did. Like I was throwing, like I was washing my, like people would shake my hands and I took the alcohol and I was washing my hands off going yuck. Uh, like just, <laughs> just, just be Casey, be a jerk. I was like, I can do that. I've got that. I've got that. And I, so much that I'm pretty sure that Stan said, Maybe you don't have to be so much of a jerk. Like, <laughs> I think I, I, I remember you messaged me. You're like, Case, I think we're going to have to pull back some of the rhetoric you were saying because I, I was, first of all, I was, again, I was a bit tipsy. And then I took the, the 15 seconds of fame that you gave me and I ran with it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to be as mean as possible and pull out all the stereotypes about whatever is happening here and just throw them out there. Though I'm a huge fan. I mean, I can also say that the stereotypes kind of fit me as well. But it was it was uh it was so cool. I don't think I could do it again because unless unless you want to want me to do it again, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's always room for for uh Stan versus Casey to happen one more time, you know. But like I remember it wasn't just no PWR event itself because during the build up to that uh, on radio you were cussing me out and I would get texts from friends be like oh I was listening to Wave because uh, you were with Wave at the time and they, and they would be like what, what's your deal with Casey Montero why is he cussing you out on national radio and all that so that was pretty funny <laughs> yeah like I said I, went, I said I went with it <laughs> I said I went with it and then if I got in trouble for it I mean like Fox Fox Sports it's their fault <laughs> like like uh, me i'm just i'm just uh i'm just doing my duties as a soldier at fox sports you can't get mad at me for doing a good job <laughs> uh what went through your head when you entered the venue for the first time and you saw the ring and you saw you know the pwr guys and girls uh working on what they were going to do for the show later that day you see the ring for the first time what goes through your head how honest do you want me to be yeah, you, you can be it. as honest as you want <laughs> man Okay, so I, I walked in and like, I, were we not sure about the venue, or did it keep did it change? No, we, we were sure about the uh, about the venue. Okay. We were sure. So I, I walked in. I was super excited. I, did we? I think we rehearsed the night before or something, like, or the day before. The night before. No, the day of. The day of. Okay, the day <laughs> of. Maybe I was drunk then too. So the day of. Um, and and for all the people who are listening, I mean, there's there's just a small amount of rehearsal. Everything else is just, you know, on the fly. People ad lib and do their stuff. But like, um, again, I don't want to let, you know, the magic out, but so we, we were there and, uh, you know, I saw some friends, I saw red and I was like, red, what? You're a wrestler. <laughs> and so then, um, and I looked at the place and there's no air con. I don't think any of the chairs were set up. 
and I looked around, and as I'm looking at the screen right now of where it happened, it looked like like a Jerry Springer set. Like <laughs> you can see the audience, right? Like, everyone's just kind of sitting there, um, and then. I just really didn't know what to expect. So when I saw the people there and I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, and we re- kind of did a little bit of run through what was going to happen. Um, and then I, I continued to just kind of get into the moment of what was going on. I was still very clueless about what was going to happen. I had a lot of questions. I said like, what happens if I end up over here and this guy ends up over here, which did end up happening. So I missed a lot of things that were supposed to happen. Um, but then like when the audience showed up, and the audience showed up, and then it was like, Casey, your job is to just piss them off. And I was like, damn, this is so cool. And so then I really just jumped into it. So, like, again, when the audience popped up, it's, like, really when I, I turned things on. And um, I was so nervous. I was so nervous, though. Yeah. It's, it's, I was going to ask about that because, yeah, you've been a public figure for the better part of two decades. Like, you still get nervous. And, I, I mean, you answered it already. Yeah. I, I mean, I get nervous um, in general. Um Usually when I host a show, I usually get nervous um, the first right after the first uh, opening, then I'm fine. Like it's the welcome. If, if it's a wedding, it's saying all the names correct. And then after that, then I'm totally fine. So for this, though, um, it, it was do I know what I'm doing? Uh, I've never done anything like this. Like hosting, I, I can always find my way around the room or what it is I'm doing, but this is so, so new to me. And I was in a room where everybody was better at it than me. And that that's not normal for me. Usually I'm, if I'm hosting, I'm probably the better or one of the only people on the stage that, that is supposed to do it. But here, when I was wrestling with you guys, all of them were better than me. So I, and, and I could be really, I could look really stupid if I mess up. So I was, I was, I was quite nervous. Um, but then the adrenaline kicked in when I started yelling at fans, and they were yelling at me back, and and they were totally, you know, falling into whatever thing that whatever gimmick that I was I was doing. They understood that my role was they they know that I'm not a bad guy, but you know they were also caught up into the whole play of everything um, because I know they. I mean, they're there for themselves to be entertained as well. So they they interacted and they yelled at me as well. And I was flipping them off and they were flipping me off. And then afterwards, we're taking photos and we're just having a good time. (laughs) So, I mean, it was was a -a one-of-a-kind experience. Uh, There's a question from the live comments. It's from Jackie who asks if you channeled any heel wrestlers you watched growing up or any other personality for that persona you put on for PWR. No, that just that just came from deep down inside of me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just you're like just Casey. A, you're just a naturally spiteful person. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Casey, just just hate everyone. I'm like perfect. I do yeah. already. So let's go ahead and let that out. What well, was it like when you brought in uh, your former co DJs at the time from uh, Chicky Verhell and Jimmy Muna? Uh, those guys, when when you brought them backstage, right? Like, uh, what 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 comments did they have about what they saw, and you just hanging out there in your own little Godfather couch with the Jim Beam? Well, they had some of that Jim Beam with me, but I think that <clears throat> Jimmy was super super excited. Like, you gotta you gotta think that we both grew up in the states, and everybody watched wrestling. 
And if you didn't watch wrestling, you still know who certain wrestlers are. You know who Hulk Hogan is. You've always known who Andre the Giant is. And then, like, you know, Stone Cold and then The Rock and, like, these guys. So, like, it was a, a really cool thing for for both of us. And then Chicky, um, she also, like, because it's, it's, a, it's a big show, like, it's – and everyone's involved. So Jimmy and Chicky, they were all yelling. They were booing you. They were part of it too. Um, and Jimmy helped me on the radio, you know. So he he was also like antagonizing you as well. And Chicky was playing the, uh, I, I guess she was the. Oh, I don't know what's happening. I think I think I made her that role. Like she's the referee. She's in the middle. But um, so th- I think they had a really good time. I think Jimmy had probably more fun than I did though. <laughs> He he! I think he wanted to hit some people. <laughs> uh, what was your biggest takeaway from having interacted with the local wrestling community? Oh, that you guys are very serious, very very serious and professional when it comes to your craft, and it is definitely uh, a craft. So a lot of people probably don't understand that uh, when they see it. They probably see, oh, it's just this uh, bunch of guys running around, kind of uh, pretending to hit each other. Where it's it's not like that um you guys put a lot of blood sweat and maybe broken glasses or broken ankles into stuff like this um and uh for me to go in there as a kind of a no one and i was a you know i i think some of you guys might have believed that i am a bit arrogant and that's fine (laughs) that's fine i mean like I'll, i'll take that but you guys were very open to having me there so it it seemed like it was a big you know, happy family and you guys all were caring for each other. So it was, it was, uh, it was a nice, it was a great experience for me. I remember I was asking you, I think the week of the show, Hey, uh, what song are you going to be using? And you weren't replying, right? I was like, fuck, uh, crap. How, uh, you know, what are we going to play for him when he makes his entrance? And on the day of, you were like, Oh yeah, just play rage against the machine. Like, did you consciously think of a particular song or was like that just the first song that came to your head? Well, it was going to be Justin Bieber with Baby, but I don't think that it was going to really push the persona very well. Sorry, um, sorry can, people off. Yeah, I, I, can I just say that if you did play Baby, you'd be so over as a heel. People, <laughs> they're bitter on you like that. Like you wanted to go back into WWF, play Baby on the loudspeakers in a PWF. All right, I'll take it. I'll make sure I do that. <laughs> So I, I think rage is just something like I, I've always just kind of stuck to the memories of the past, right? So rage is not a new song. So, um, and I think, um, I think I used to listen to that whenever I would get ready for any type of sports, um, any type of sports uh, event. And I think um, it came out sometime around in high school, and I remember I would listen to that too. Just like whenever you get pumped up, it was rage for me. All right. Um, so, so we haven't seen you in the local wrestling community since. And you, um, aside from, I guess, the WWE events, when you would just randomly pop up, kind of like that Cesaro meet and greet where you and I ran into each other. So um, h- how do you find yourself in these spaces where, you know, uh, like you, you say you don't follow the current product and then suddenly, you know, you're there. You're there at the press events and all that. Well, sometimes I feel a bit uh, <clears throat> like I... I like I feel almost bad that I'm there and like I'm taking the slot of someone who probably uh, deserves it more than me because like, let's say if I, what's his name? Cesaro. Cesaro. Right. Like 
I bet you like the real wrestling guys are like, oh God, why really? And so like here I am, you know, the guy who actually had to do research on him um, is interviewing him. Where I know that you guys, um, Stan, did you, were you able to interview him? Yeah, I was. Okay, so if you didn't, now imagine that, right? Like you guys are the, you were wrestling gods, and you can't talk to him, and then they just send some guy who doesn't really know anything about this this particular guy. So, um, but you know, uh, Big Show was there, so like I've been a fan of his for a long time, or not even really a fan, but I just have known of him for a long time. So, I, I think it's really uh, for me. I was like, it's super cool that I can meet these guys. Um, I don't. I don't know if the local wrestling uh, community accepts me, um, but uh, for the big show part, I was I was thankful to be there. And if any other, uh, you know, guys come to town, if I do pop up, I'll make sure to bring someone who's more uh, knowledgeable than me, so that at least I can be accepted. <laughs> no, if anything, I'm going to share the feedback that, uh, that we got from the local community when we shared the poster with your face on it. They were like, "Oh, wow! Uh, I I didn't realize there was another artista who's into wrestling." So. You know, uh, there's that fascination, that surprise. Uh, people definitely don't see it coming. I didn't see it coming when uh, we first met at, at Fox that, you know, you'd be so game you know, game for all of this. That was super cool. I mean, and I, I really would try to do it again if uh, if we could have maybe like a wheelchair match or something where like <laughs> maybe a, or just a sitting sitting down match or, or we have Zoom fight. You're going to have an arm wrestling match. Ready? Here it comes. <laughs> oh, wrong way. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, we got to rehearse that. That's a but on that note, on that note, uh, since you mentioned like match types, so let's uh, let's try to tap into that inner wrestling fan of yours as a kid. What was your favorite match type? Like uh, the ladder matches, or the hardcore matches, or just straight up brawls? Did you ever have any favorites? I, I think I like the cage matches the most. Just the straight up cage matches because that's when like people's faces were just grinded on that thing and it, and like you could see flaps of skin you know like it was so cool the cage matches and then like anybody who was ballsy enough to jump off the top of that thing god like it was it always seemed to be mankind like poor mankind like the the most unathletic looking person so heavy is flying off the top of this thing and probably like 90% of the time not landing on anything like <laughs> like damn so it was those ones and um i think i always liked uh tag team matches for some reason because you always have that one guy who comes out of the corner you know it's the drama the drama getting to the corner like oh i can't reach and clearly you can reach or the guy holding the rope all you need to do is take a step which you can, but like they're not supposed to touch yet, right? Like the the rope is like this long, but they're here, but their hands are like so close. I'm like, bro, just just reach. So then, and then when they tag, that guy comes flying in, and then the other guy is in there, and he's like, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> like like you didn't see the tag about to happen. <laughs> no, it's super fun. It was super fun, and then like the cheating because like. And how the refs can't see uh, one of the team members like pull a freaking chair from underneath the mat, and how did the chair get there in the first place? It was, those ones were really really cool. As somebody who works with with uh, the mic a lot, um, did you ever take any inspiration from the stuff you heard wrestlers say? 
like uh, a common answer we'd get is like, oh yeah, I channel The Rock sometimes, or Hulk Hogan when he does that thing uh, toward his ears. Like, did that ever happen for you? I th- I think that uh, when I watch The Rock and Stone Cold, those guys are they command the mic so well, um, and, and Rock like on to just uh, is like a legend. Like the way and how fast. He can be his uh, his ad libs, um, his command of the microphone, and audience is very very strong. And Stone Cold as well, but not as strong as a rock. Um, so when it comes to like I guess mic control and crowd control, those guys really 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 got it. Um, and yeah, I, I could say that certain things that the rock does even during the pwr match and if you asked me earlier if there was anybody i kind of studied it was a bit of the rock because i wanted to come off as smart mm-hmm. don't know if that happened did not know if that happened uh, i just kind of came off as a dick <laughs> so, which is yeah it was what was i supposed to do though so you mentioned how wrestling influenced your or influences your your all your bike persona when you when you were on Survivor Philippines, did an element of wrestling go into your Survivor game? Was was it affected by that or not at all? I wish. I mean, I'd love to body slam about ten of those people. <laughs> God, uh, a couple of them are girls too. Uh, um, uh, no, not really. Uh, I think maybe some of the early uh, maybe training. Um, kind of might have paid off a little bit, just being disciplined um, as a youngster, being in wrestling, because like Survivor was not difficult for me. It was easy. I could have stayed there another three months if it wasn't for that damn Betong. Um, <laughs> actually, it's not even Betong. It's not even Betong's fault. It's the two girls. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I don't. I, don't, I think the the wrestling had anything to do with it, but I would love to have wrestled a couple people there. It's, it's that Arnold Adinion, that guy. <laughs> I'm glad Tina opened up the survivor can of worms. Cause I, I'm a huge fan of the show as well. And, and, and um, I, I was actually curious about how much you'd seen of the show before you got on the local version. Like, did you ever I, do your, did you do homework? Yeah, on it? I watched, uh, I watched a couple of the first seasons with Rob, Boston Rob. So, I mean, I knew how the game worked, um, and I watched, and, and Aubrey was on it the year before, so my brother's yeah. uh, wife was there, so I had questions for her, and then, uh, obviously, as soon as I found out I was going to be on it, I did some, like, crash course studying, but it's it's not really anything you can prepare yourself for, um, because you don't know who you're going to be with, so yeah. you, you don't know whether you're going to play fair, if you're going to be dirty right away, uh, so... Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to. It's just more of just being aware of what could happen. Did you ever get flack for being an Englishero? Like, uh, you know, there was a time where I think a lot of the players were more Tagalog speaking. So, as someone like yourself, who uh, whose first impression is, oh yeah, Conyo, English speaker, was that ever a challenge for you in terms of connecting with the other people? It was a super challenge, and that's why I think I did so well. Because <laughs> I just didn't talk. Because <laughs> they were like full, like the other camp. They were full Tagalog, and so well, actually, there's and then Arnold. Arnold was also he's an Australian, um, but for the most part, I understood everything. God, this was so long ago. This was in two thousand and what ten, twelve. 
Well, I, I mean, anyways, I could understand it. I just couldn't, just couldn't really communicate it that well. <clears throat> but I remember, literally, that's. I just shut up. I was just like, I'll just, I'll just be quiet. I'll go build the fire. Who by? I was the only one who was able to build the fire. So that's also wow. another reason why I was, why I was there. I was the first. I built the fire within a couple hours. But there were so many problems on that survivor set. So many problems with the production. Um, it was really set up to fail. Piece of shit. As in, you felt like you were set up to fail. Um. So, I don't know how much. Yeah, I guess it's old, so I can say all that stuff. So this happened during, I think, Undoi, maybe. Was it, or one of the typhoons? Undoi was right? two thousand nine. Yeah, well, probably one of the typhoons after Undoi. Yes. So, right, one of the typhoons, and so they moved us from one camp to another camp because um, there was a damn typhoon. So a couple uh, days, we actually had to stay in like a like a garage in a resort, but like we all had to stay in this little hut thing. We can hear like, we can hear uh, Richard Gutierrez listening to the UFC and drinking beer. And <laughs> so jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just hear him. We just peek our heads out. You know, he, he knows all of us. So he's like, Hey, <clears throat> anyways. So after that, they moved us to another camp and that camp had not been uh, secured yet. So it's not safe. Because they didn't think we we're going to go there, they moved us in. There was a beehive the size of a car, and they didn't see wow. it. And we were there. Um, they had cut down all the bamboo to build the sites, to build the sets. So how are we supposed to build fire when there's nothing for us to cut down? Um, it was a bit. Yeah, it, everybody was complaining. Uh, a lot of the artistas were just bitching about shit. Um, <laughs> and then me, I it was it was a uh, couples. I lost my partner the first five hours yeah so it was by myself so i didn't have that built-in teammate which in hindsight was a great thing because i didn't have to worry about that person exactly um, yeah and i was able to kind of just maneuver through the couples um quietly and and also i won nearly half of the over half of the challenges so i was giving giving and giving so i was like making sure that everyone knew that if i win something i'll give it to you i gave a car to may i gave steak to everyone like <laughs> i was the provider hi this is dog coach francis dogs are a man's best friend get to know your dog and strengthen your friendship by listening to the dog behind the human this podcast is brought to you by podcast network asia understand your dog so you and your pupper can live your best life together yeah and, and the philippine Tell version of the game <laughs> the philippine version of the game not exactly as evolved yet as the u.s version so i i can imagine that the provider role was like oh yeah you know let's keep him around as long as we can so yeah it it was when uh I think that maybe they should have taken me out a lot earlier. Um, but again, I was winning a lot of things and they did need me because no one else was providing. And plus we kept winning. So like they, I didn't have to go to many tribal councils, but then when we finally got to the final one and there was some massive cheating happening, like there's not, there's no rules really in the game of survivor, but one of them is that you're not allowed to speak to the players if you're part of the jury yeah until the very very last one yep um when the floor is open and so yeah. 
it was caught like everyone's partner was signaling because me, Mara, okay, Mara, myself, and Steph, we all said, hey, we got to vote Betong out. We have to. Like, Betong has everyone's vote. He is the nicest one here. He is playing the, what's it, the Kawawa card, and everybody yeah. is falling for it. Though Betong wasn't. I mean, he was, that was a, that was a, a, a fake. Like, he was, he was playing that. So, like, like that a was character. a very good, it was a character. And he is, I mean, he's a very sweet guy, a lovely guy. But I said, and I told Betong, I said, like, hey, we're going to vote you out tonight. Like, I mean, but I'll give you half of the prize. I'll give you half. Like, I was just, like, giving. Like, I'll give you half. And so then um, I told the girls, I said, listen, you guys may not like me either because you may th think that they're going to like me, but they'll like him more than me for sure. So you have a better chance to win if I'm still here than you do if he's here because he's going to win hands down. And so then at the very last second, they were looking at their partners and their partners were like signaling Casey, vote Casey, vote Casey, vote Casey. And, and I'm looking at this. I'm like, Hey guys, uh, you're not supposed to do this. And so Chard caught it a couple of times. He's like, Gino, stop doing that. Da, 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 da. And then, uh, eventually they, the votes came in and they voted me out. And then, um, they had to stop the game. They called, uh, England, they called Mark Burnett, they called everybody. Like, wow. what do we do? What do we do? Like this happened. And so they said, well, you can't have a revote. If you have a revote, the same thing is going to happen. Yeah. Because the idea is there already and they're going to go with that. So I just had to go out. And then, uh, so when I, when I left and the, and the real reason why everyone voted me out was because Arnold, the, the volcano, he was telling everybody in the jury house that I'm the reason why the other people were there. Like I, uh, I got them out. The real reason was because he, Mara, the other girl in the game, and Arnold had a were partners. Or actually, yeah. they weren't partners. They they were in love or something. They fell in love on the island, and they're, they're going to wow. split the money. They were going to wow. split the money. Jesus so Christ. so he told everybody. He poisoned the whole jury house to <laughs> make their partners vote for me to to get me out. And they he lied to them and said that I was the reason why they were voted out before. So when I arrived in the jury house, pissed off as, as I should be, I sat down and each one of the, the, the jury members, the past people, they all thought that I voted them out somehow. And so they walked up to me and they were like, so I think we have to talk about something. And I was like, like sorry, what, what do you guys, what do you guys want to talk about? You voted us out. And I was like, that's some real bullshit. I said, you voted you out. You voted this guy. He voted him out. He voted him out. And I voted you out because you tried to vote me out. And they were like, oh. And then they all <laughs> apologized. They all apologized. <laughs> and I even got all of the 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 girls, to the two girls, see uh, Steph and Mara. I got them to admit that they changed their vote because of the jury. So like super robbed um and then gma lost the license it, i don't know if that's why but they that was the last year yeah, that was I the last season that, the one you were on yeah, yeah it was his, it was last season on gma um i remember this being in the news because i watched survivor religiously and this is what when they when i found out they were coming out with a local version i was great right so i paid attention to the 
all three or four seasons of it. And I remember that part where Casey calls out um, the jury tampering that happened, I suppose. Right? And it became a big deal, right? I remember when you said Mark Burnett, I remember seeing a news article on that, on that, on, on, <laughs> on 24 Horas of all places, like right next to politics, the showbiz news was Casey Montero accused a survivor of that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Hey, it got yeah. so insane. And that now that you mentioned uh, how the jury confronted you after you got voted out, I want to see the Ponderosa episode on it, on just that. Because I'm really, I, it, the way you describe it is so. It's so juicy, man. It's it's, so, and you know, GMA said, "Hey, do you think maybe you could not talk about this?" And I said, uh, "I'm I'm open for some hush money. Send it to me. Here's my bank account. Like I'll take it. But if you're not gonna, I'm not gonna be quiet about this. So either you guys, you should say this. You should be upfront about this. And and they did. Uh, they didn't say all of it, but they did show the cheating. Um, but they didn't really." They didn't do anything to fix it. Damn, I'm sorry. But it's I was sick. like, I can, I can, I can just remember. I sat down. I sat. I was like, oh, so pissed off. And like the first thing they, I was just, just chowing down fudgy bars because that's the first thing that you got in the judge. Oh. And then they all, threw, like, they walked over with their arms folded, like the, the light was swinging, like the interrogation was going to start. And they're like, so. And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, what? And they're like, <laughs> so we're here because of you. And I'm like, what? And I'm just looking at all of them. I'm like, I remember just you voted this guy out. It was your idea to get this guy out, this guy. And I'm like, what have you been learned? What have you been told here? I was so upset. I'm so upset. And then like, I. So you weren't even I, the mastermind. You weren't like the strategist who plotted everybody's downfall. Um, I was, I saw everything, but in the jury house, I couldn't talk to those people. So, I, and, and there was no. There was no, there was no reason for them to tamper the game anyway. So like, why would I pay attention? I was, I played a very fair game. I was nice to everybody. I didn't piss anybody off. I pissed off maybe one person, which I didn't need that person's vote. But apparently, looks like I did because he's the one who just killed it for for me. Um, yeah. So I was, I, I played a good game. I didn't backstab anybody. Stabbed him right in the front. They knew it was coming. Here's a question. If, uh, some, I'm okay. Somebody were to hypo- <laughs> I don't think about it very much, do I? Uh, <laughs> only took you 10 years, Case. Only took you 10 years. Yeah, yeah, it's 10 years. All right, last, last survivor question before we move on to Tina's game. If hypothetically a tall guy that was also six feet tall who was called Konyo uh, Englishero were to play Survivor, how do you best play uh, a game like yours where you fade into the background? Because that's how you described your game. How do you best fade into the background? Um, just, just be real quiet, real quiet. Like dur- even during the games, right? I'd win, but I wouldn't celebrate. Um, I wouldn't rub it in anyone's face. Like a, a couple of the other guys, they were winning. They were like, yeah! and I'm like, I'd win. I'm like, okay, good job, guys. Like, like I'm really tired and hungry. Like, mm. but you know, I, I, you know, I'm celebrating inside, and then making sure that um, if you do win, to try to spread the wealth across like i i sp- i gave um focus i gave um my winnings to every single person yeah so like i mean i was super super nice to everybody all right i'm gonna i'm gonna make notes of that 
I'm going to keep, uh, uh, keep note of that. <clears throat> okay. Let's throw it to you. Know, Lose your hair first. <laughs> <laughs> Already on my way there, brother. Yeah, uh, let's throw it to Chino. Uh, <laughs> he's got he's got a game that he prepared. Uh, he does this every week for our guests. So this week, um, what, what's on deck, Chino? What's the game for for Casey? All right. Okay. Since two of the four of us uh, work or have worked for a hip hop station, and since wrestling and hip hop kind of go hand in hand, like a lot of a lot of rappers pay tribute to wrestlers and lyrics, I am going to be listing lyrics from rap songs with the wrestlers in them i'm going to give you the title of the song and the artist or artists uh, uh and i'm going to read out the lyric and all you have to do is name me the wrestler that or personality mentioned in the lyric right sounds good yeah. uh, okay <laughs> it's pretty easy some of these some of these are pretty self-explanatory so you know your games okay. are never easy they're all very convoluted no, you know, it's funny. I also, you know, I work at, I've worked at radio stations for the past however long. I don't listen to music. It's so weird. <laughs> this is the perfect game for you. Okay. <laughs> See, our first lyric comes from Lil Wayne featuring Drake and Kid Kid. The song is called Stunt Hard. And the lyric goes, Yeah, but I ain't stunting these hoes. I've been pimping <laughs> since. Black Black was NWO. Sorry, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> supposed to, give, to get the name. Give me the wrestler mentioned in the lyric. Okay. Um, let me read it. Again. Know. Let, let me read it again. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, but I ain't stunting these gardening tools. <laughs> I have I've been pimping since. Black, black, that's two names, was NWO. Hulk Hogan? There we go. You get one point. God, he's not even an old NWO member. Yeah, but he, it works, right? So see, it's, it's, I, I, was, I was looking for the rhyme word with ho. Yeah. Guard, sorry, tool. Yeah. <laughs> Our next lyric comes from Soldier Boy and his song, Goku. Goku? Goku from oh. Dragon Ball. All right. So the lyric goes hollering out like woo, black, black, swag, swag. I look like Vince McMahon. Ric Flair. There we go. All right. Yeah. Casey now has two points, three more to go. I wrote down five things here. Uh, okay. This one comes from Method Man and his song Blackout. I'm scorching hot but stone cold like black, black. Steve Austin. That's the easiest one. Yeah, That's yeah. I know the song actually because it's old. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Right. It's the easiest one. Let's it's, it's, up the difficulty a bit um, and go with this one from Fabulous featuring Joe Budden and a bunch of other people. The song is called <laughs> This is Family. Uh, and the lyric actually comes from Joe Budden. So he says, it's real pop. Shame ninjas couldn't get a tan from me because I get in that ring with that black, black money. 
Of course, he did say ninjas. It's a PG show. Read it. Read it again. It's, <laughs> it's real talk. Shade ninjas couldn't get a tan from me because I get in that ring. Ted DiBiase. No, it's not Ted DiBiase. Oh, it would have worked. Yeah, it would have worked, right? It would have worked. Yeah, but it's not Ted DiBiase. Stan, you want to give it a shot? Uh, Vince McMahon. There you go. It is. It is oh. Vince McMahon. Can you read it again? So I'll read the whole thing with with the. Yeah, okay. It's real talk. Shade Ninjas couldn't get a tan for me because I get in the ring with that Vince McMahon buddy. Okay, I think it would have made more sense, like a, a <laughs> lyric, if you would have said Ted DiBiase money, yeah, right? I'm with Casey here. Yeah, I'm with Casey here too. Yeah, let's, because... let's, let, Joe, let's let Joe Budde know. Oh <laughs> yeah, I'll call him up. <laughs> yeah, tweet that. You, you guys do that when I get to our last lyric. And this one should be right up your alley, Case. So this is from Taiga. And the lyric goes, Pop you while your roof off. Oswald, black, all you ninjas getting soft. <laughs> Mankind? Yeah. Or Mick? Right. Yeah. Mankind. So four out of five. Not bad. I'll take four that. I'll take that. Yeah, four out of five, not bad. And that's that's a game. Almost All made right. it to the final round, just like Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Uh, Second place club. Second place club, not bad. Last oh couple God. of questions for Casey before uh, we let you go. Um, So you're now on Magic alongside Mo, CJ, and Susie. Who's the heel among the four of you now? Uh, Susie. <laughs> really? Wait, she's the heel? No, I mean, I think Mo is still the heel. Uh, he's a mu he's a much tamer Mo compared to the past, but he's still yeah, very sure. uh, he's still very vocal about certain things, and he can uh, he'll hit you, he'll get you. Um, uh, me, it's probably because he doesn't live in the Philippines <laughs> and he's safe wherever he's yeah. at. So the rest of us just kind of have to. It'd be nice. So yeah, Mo, Mo Paren, CJ definitely not. Susie sometimes, yeah. So like among the uh, among the three of you, then who's like second uh, most outspoken? I guess. Din Susie. Oh yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, not and, the answer I expected. Frankly, I I would have expected it to be you. Yeah. I think maybe me five six years ago, but I I think things have a way of catching up to you. So I've decided yeah, no. to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Yeah, Susie. Susie has a character all of her own invention. So I, I would say that you know, knowing her personally as well, I would yeah, say she, she's fired up. She's still yeah. fired up. She's fired up on Twitter. She's going at it against people. Uh -huh. Like I mean, like what did I do? I, I'm the quiet. I'm the nice one, and I went to jail like two weeks ago. Like I was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can laugh about it now because we know you, and because you're laughing about it. So like. <laughs> so stupid so stupid i mean i still have a, a, a case like i still they're still going after me somehow but it's uh it's ridiculous i think it's just to just to strike fear in the heart of everyone which is which it has yeah it's crazy time to live it yep uh, all right last question uh you're you're still director of influencer marketing for kumu right is that the position um, we kind of wear a lot of, like you said earlier, a lot of different hats. So it's whether it's VP of content, whether it's influencer marketing, whether it's uh, talent acquisition, you know, we just kind of all do the same, not same, but we all kind of 
help out. Yeah, uh, so like I, I guess I asked that to uh, to get to the question: uh, How has Kumu grown in the time of the pandemic? Because like everybody and their mother starting a podcast or starting a, a content feed or whatever. So like, how is how much has Kumu grown since we've all been stuck at home? Also, how do we get some chocolate hills up in here? Because I hear people <laughs> send chocolate hills. To all okay, the and, you want to Okay, are you watching the Kumu screen now? Okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell hey, me whoa. when you're watching it. I'll send it. I'll, I'll have one sent. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, okay, wait. Well, I'm uh, on mobile, so I can't. So I'm gonna have to ask uh, Ro or Nikai, our producer backstage, to watch it on Kumu. Okay, uh, screen record this because we'll be dropping the chocolate hill on you soon. Um, hey. Well, we'll All chat. right, I'm here. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the feed. Okay, hold on. Jane, can you? Because I'm on mobile and I can't do sh- one I second. Do squat. I'm All also right. recording it on my phone, just so. Good job, Chino. Okay, so um, so how have we done during this? Um, I'm gonna have to say that great. <laughs> We've done very, very, very well for ourselves, um, and I just take that as because because we are okay. Watch the the, the hills, the chocolate hills are. Uh, Breaker, breaker, send chocolate hills. It's on the way. Um, because, and this is because it's uh, obviously people started it because it's new. Um, everyone's at home. Um, and, and maybe because people can't produce YouTube right now, so they're just kind of stuck at home. It's the easiest platform. There's absolutely no production needed. It's live. Um, you get, you get, it's the has the least lag as well. Um, you get instant interaction. Um, there's a chance for you to win money in games. You can actually earn if you if you're a streamer. You can earn sometimes a lot, sometimes not so much. But like you're not earning oh, anywhere hey. else. You got one. Hey, hey. Our first trial deal from James. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kumu. Oh yeah, keep Thanks, watching. Casey. I have a feeling there's more coming. Oh hey, he we gotta work out. Workout. Yeah, he said. <laughs> oh, pulang kabayo. Hey, hey. Oh damn, sound trip. What's up? Oh, he's got. Oh man, he's feeding us all with the lechon. Oh my god, they got the lechon and fantastic casino. Damn, Papa James, Papa James, making it rain. Oh, the the crown. Look at the crown. Look at that water ball, water ball, water ball. Look at that. Stan can't. Stan can't have fun. He can't see this. I Welcome. can, yeah. Don't uh, worry. You're gonna have keep to on, for it. Keep on recording it because they're it, they're coming. They're coming. Look it, at that. It's, it's an avalanche. Yeah, it's I don't know. an avalanche of Kumu prizes. I don't know what that one is. Oh. <laughs> We've been here for what almost two hours now. <laughs> Look at that. Jumpboard casino, jumpboard casino. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, have, you have fifty thousand coins now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks, James. Tamara. Tamara. Thank you, James. So, so to answer your question again, uh, we've done very well for ourselves just because. Uh, see, James Ebony, uh, wrestling, wrestling. Brutus the Barber Beefcake fan. He's a big. Hey. James. James is uh, the the leader of our community. Super duper important person at Kumu, and um, he's also a, a Cali boy. So like he's uh, 
he would actually oh and he actually had a sports show as well he talked basketball so like i'm pretty sure you should guest him on this as well and have him talk wrestling he yeah he brings in he brings in the money we'll make time anytime he has time okay all right so anyways back to kumu uh so yeah, we've done very well. Just I think because again, it's a new platform. We've got a lot of people to try it, and I think what happens is uh, it could be overwhelming when they first look at it because there's all kinds of things flying on the screen. There's just it's a, it's new, right? Just as mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram and any other social media platform was kind of daunting when you first look at it, but I think as soon as you spend maybe a day on it, then you totally get it. I mean, it's not that hard to understand after that. Um, and then, like I said, you get that live. Uh, um, engagement and there is an aspect where you can earn money but for the most part I, I feel that people are on Kumu because they actually have real authentic connections with people um, and so there's people on here that will never ever ever earn a peso but they're here every single day and they're talking with their friends they're group chatting with 10 people they're they're checking in from Dubai to see how the Philippines is that's their window back into the motherland so yeah, we have a lot of new people on the app. A lot of celebrities are moving our way. Um, a lot of influencers. ABS obviously just shut down, so they're looking for an outlet as well. But I think for the most part, uh, it's just a lot of new non-celebrities on Kumu who have discovered, like, this is a great place and a very safe place. Like, I, I'm a partner at Kumu, and I can't even say a bad word um but it's a very safe place for people to to express themselves yeah um i'm just happy that there's a partnership now between kumu and podcast network asia so you know thanks for putting us over and uh we we love the partnership so yeah thanks for all the good work that you guys do especially in the time of the pandemic where we just need as many uh distractions i guess and as many productive things to do as we can find yeah, so I mean, during the pandemic, we've also been we we haven't been off air, I guess, so to speak, since since this whole thing. We've been shooting. I've been shooting from this room, doing the game shows every single day. We're we're trying to find ways to for people to earn from home. <clears throat> we uh, and and our app is also designed for Philippine internet. So a lot of the other ones. Um, you can't see them very well because they're like from the States, but like we, we know that internet in the Philippines sucks. So we took that into consideration when it comes to, uh, you know, us and our streaming though. It's, it's never perfect and it never will be, but um, we, we are a local app. So we know what it takes to, to survive here. Can you imagine like who builds an app that's, that is dependent on Philippine internet? It's it's (laughs) crazy. Yeah. We nice. did, but and and then we're doing we're doing good, and it was so many, so many more things that we're doing this year. Um, we haven't stopped, so like we're just really, really, really um, happy that everyone's having a good time on Kumu. Yeah, and where right. else can you get free casino, right? <laughs> oh, anyway. what, <laughs> <else can> we, <laughs> what else can we? What else can we give you guys? How about, <laughs> how about a song request, Chino? Oh. You're up. <laughs> there it is. I said, "What are you gonna sing?" Uh, Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I just wanted to end on that note because, like, you know, um, it, it really uh, it it's kind of changed the game, right? uh, As as a lot of us are trying to find our voice then and trying to find like productive outlets, especially during this time. So, uh, thank you to you guys for for the work that you do, and thanks, Casey, for making time for us. You know, I, I, I had a lot of fun. 
uh, just shooting the breeze with you and, you know, um, getting to know you a little bit better, even though we're all so far away. Yeah, yeah. And and, and uh, I'm glad you, you're in Wave. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. Took your no. spot. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure I messaged Sarge a long time ago, or I didn't, but eventually you found your way there. So, yes, you did take my spot, actually. And you guys kept one of my segments. Did we? Yes. What was it? <laughs> Is that, actually, uh, uh, after, after, no. We'll figure it out. After, after Chicky left. I think Chicky was able to 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 hold on to it. I think it was the something about the news. Ah, headlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys kept doing that. I can't believe we were able to do that. Oh my god. Oh, you weren't the first and you're definitely not the last, brother. Oh Jesus. All right. Yeah. So there. Uh Casey Montero on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Casey, thanks so much, man. Thanks for uh for, for spending time with us here on the show. And uh where can people find you on Kumu and on the rest of social media? Uh, just at Casey Montero, of course, I do have uh, Ma- uh, Magic eighty nine point nine. You can we do live as well. Um, we're also on Kumu. Magic is um, Facebook, all those other crappy apps. But um, Kumu is definitely where you find me. Um, usually, just lurking in other people's. Like I stalk a lot, so um, you can find me bouncing around the app. All right, thanks, Casey. Have a thanks, good one, and you know, all the best in. With everything going on. Looking forward to you hitting me again. Hey, anytime. Anytime. <laughs> I'm, gonna time, get, I'm gonna get I'm gonna there get you better inter- I'm gonna Montero. get you better internet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. should. The Streamlabs. Streamlabs. Casey Montero on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Uh Chino, we gotta wrap this up. Ro is no longer on, on the stream for tonight, uh, but he's monitoring the Kumu stream. So, I don't know, you want to do pick of the week before we get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. I can actually have Rose pick right here with me, and I can start with See, that. Kaina Mona. Yeah. Kaina so Mona, Ro- uh, the two of you. Yeah, so Rose says his pick of the week uh, goes to the fatal four-way from SmackDown to determine the new number one contender to AJ Styles. Uh, that's his big pick. Um, why? I don't know. I haven't seen SmackDown. Okay? So, <laughs> I didn't do my homework. Fine. Whatever. My pick of the week actually goes to NXT. Uh, you pick anything from NXT this week, I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. If I had to pick something out from NXT this week, it would be Beth Phoenix cracking and Beaver Joe. No, not, not really. It would be uh, it would be uh, Bronson Reed versus Johnny Gargano versus uh, who's the third guy in the, in that match? Roddy. Roddy Straw. No, Roderick Straw. Triple threat for a slot at the North America title ladder match in NXT TakeOver 30. Great match. Great match. All right. And I'm going to close it out with an NXT pick as well. So I'm going to pick Karrion uh, Cross versus Dominic Dijakovic. Um, great A storytelling as well, especially nung lumabasi Keith Lee. You saw the drama that they were building towards with um, Keith Lee wanting to throw the towel in, Dijakovic resisting, and then Karrion Cross finishing off Dijakovic and how it really affected Keith Lee. So um, it, it, it was great storytelling for everybody all around. It's very Rocky, that whole spot. Yeah. If, oh. if you remember Rocky 3, where Rocky had to face Ivan Drago. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. 
So yeah, um, if if you're a WWE fan and you're tired of Raw and SmackDown, NXT is definitely the place to be. Right. Uh, so that brings tonight's stream and uh, this week's episode of the podcast to an end. Thank you to everybody who hung out. Thanks to Casey Montero, to James of Kumu, everybody that uh, showed us love and kept us company over the last hour and 40 plus minutes and change. Uh, keep following us, please, on Facebook. It is facebook.com slash wrestling, wrestling podcast. On Twitter, it is at wrestling2xpod. Instagram, same handle as Facebook. Kumu, it is at wrestling, wrestling pod. Keep following us. And uh, we, we're actually excited for our next few guests because if you think that the hashtag Road to Batista already peaked with the likes of Senator Bam, Jake Cuenca, Casey Montero, then, you know, uh, the, itchy the itchy worms. We've got more up our sleeve. Yun na lang. That's what we're going to say. We've got more up our sleeve. All right? So, on behalf of Romoran, who's managing Kumu right now, uh, Chino, Raf Camus, who you should uh, send some love to, by the way, because, um, you know, things just aren't all that pleasant right now. Uh, at Caveman Camps on Twitter. Yeah, at Camps on Twitter and Instagram. Send him love over there, man. And uh, as for me, it's at underscore Stan C. You know, on behalf of all of us, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we'll catch you again on Wednesday. Stay tuned to the page this weekend because that's when we'll announce next week's, uh, next week's guest. All right? So this episode is in the books. Wrestling Wrestling Podcast out. Peace. Have a great Wednesday night. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 